I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Wyndham Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, you played golf today. Yeah, I'm looking a little red. I was trying to adjust my lights a little bit so I didn't come across uh, looking like an Oompa Loompa or, or something. But man, what what a long day. Uh, I mean, 8.30 almost, and we're getting this. And I will say one thing. Yeah. I was getting the opposite of Russell Henley breaks on the golf course today. It was amazing. Everything kicked back out to the fairway for you? Oh, my God. I, I'm, <laughs> I kid you not. I was in a waste area. That's what they call them on, on Kiowa. And I I hit a house. It bounced back in play. And then I got up and down from 50 yards for par. You, you, Greg Ducharme is also here. Greg, you, you know who's everyone's feeling really sorry about Patrick and his long day that has been that has been horrified by playing at Kiowa and then also, you know, a, a weather delay that has pushed us back to, to 830 Eastern. Time. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I'm very awesome. sorry to hear that. Um, I'm thrilled about your break, though. I love getting good breaks. I actually played a little golf this week as well. Not today, but I played on Thursday and Friday, and I got one of the best breaks of my entire life as well. And I hit a ball on 17 in a tight match. We played three rounds, same match. And it wow. was tight. It went to the 18th hole all three days. So on 17, it's the the last match of the, the you know our last round, and we got to win 17 and 18. On 17, there's a stream that runs left of the fairway, and I hit it left. I was so upset, and it all and it kicks out into the fairway. It, <laughs> it hit, a, it hit a, a rock in the water. Kicked <laughs> out into the fairway. <laughs> I missed I missed the green and chipped in. <laughs> oh my god. You slime ball. Yeah. 
<laughs> to take it to 18 where we halved. So we have the match. Wow. Uh, but it was, I, I've never, I mean, it kicked out of, out of the water into the fairway. <laughs> That's so wow. anyway, good breaks flying here on the first cut. Yeah. And, you know, there were, there weren't very many good breaks at the Wyndham today, especially if your name is rhyme. If your name rhymes with Russell Henley. Yeah. The, listen let's just get right into this thing because it was a long day there was a little bit of a weather delay but before we got to the conclusion of this event there was the subplot that everybody had been keeping eyes on that was one justin thomas and his quest to make it into the fedex cup playoffs and he played well i mean it was back against the wall he shot a 68 and he played the final couple of holes uh in kind of Jordan Spieth-esque fashion, Patrick. He makes an eagle on 15, gives it right back on 16. Then he yanks one left into the pine straw on 18, where he's absolutely done. No chance. This guy's season's over, right? That hour, hour and a half, was pretty much his entire season in a nutshell. You have some great golf there on 15, where you roll in an eagle, you throw a little fist pump, and then right when you think he gets momentum, he comes back, he blames the wind on the next hole and, and, and makes bogey. <laughs> and, and he tries all the heroics on 18 with the 300-yard hook over OB and Unreal. all the fans and galleries, nearly chips in, uh, falls falls on his back. Uh, everyone's memeing him. But for me, when you think about this Justin Thomas round and what he needed, he needed – probably one more birdie, potentially two. He hit only five fairways today. He didn't birdie the easy par five on the front. He was playing defense a lot of the times with wedges in hand, and you got to call a spade a spade. We came into this week where the betting favorite was Russell Henley, and he couldn't finish inside the top 10. Justin Thomas couldn't finish inside the top 10 of this field. So it, it really was... Yeah, he, he showed a lot of grit. He showed a lot of heart, but he also showed a lot of the flaws that were in his game throughout this season. And it's the reason why he's not in the FedEx Cup playoffs because when you can't find fairways, you can't attack pins like you want to. And when you do get momentum, it's halted immediately and the short game can only take you so far. He actually looks pretty good on the greens this week, uh, which is pretty disappointing if you're Justin Thomas knowing that you putted pretty well. So it's disappointing. I still want him on the Ryder Cup team just because I think it would be hilarious for the U.S. team. Uh, throw a nice little wrinkle in there. And I, I saw someone throw out the idea of him playing on the DP World Tour a couple starts maybe coming up. Uh, I, I, I don't know if he's going to do that, but I, I wouldn't mind that. So it's it's just a disappointing season all around, and it comes uh, to an end in a disappointing way. Well, Greg, before we talk about – where he actually finished in the FedEx Cup standing, which is one one shot out. Uh, the shot that he hit. So, Josh, do we have it? Go back to that pine straw shot that we have. How would you describe to our audio listeners uh, what Justin Thomas did here on a second shot at 18? Okay. Um, so there's the trees. There's a tree to the left of him and a tree to the right of him. Mm -hmm. He is right in the middle of those two trees. Uh, that... I believe is about where maybe the left side of the green is. If you draw a straight line through there. Um, and then if you look out to the right, you see that tent 
and there's an overhanging tree uh, that is nearly all the way to the tent. So, I mean, this has to be like a 45 degree. I mean, this has to be a boomerang. It has, it has to snap significantly far. And he's doing everything he can to start it out to the right to get around the tree and hook it as hard as he possibly can. Uh, there's also very limited footing in, in pine straw like that. So you will get some odd, I mean, you see this at the masters every year, right? You, you get some different body gyrations when you're dealing with pine straw, uh, especially when you're trying to work a, a hook that hard. So yeah, basically in order to hook it, you got to get the face closed. So you got to get your bottom hand over the top of your uh, lead hand, which most of the time, you're trying to fend that off uh, when, when you're playing the, the top players are trying to uh, avoid that and keep their bottom hand under their top hand. Uh, and all of a sudden it, you got to do the opposite. So you get this kind of whirly bird finish and you don't have any stability underneath. And so you get this body situation, <laughs> but it, 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 he had a great shot. It just, it ends up coming up short. He pulled it off 30, 34 yards uh, short of the green. Yeah. He hits a chip that I thought was in, in the moment. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 if the stick is, it hits the stick. If the stick is out, does it drop? See, it, it bounced right before. Yeah. I, think so I, don't, I don't know. Really hard to know. Um, but it's not one of those where it's rolling right up to it like a putt. Because it, it, it's bouncing. So it's it's hard to know. But I think Patrick was right on point with JT in this round today. He fought hard. And it's what we love about Justin Thomas is he competes. He wants to be on that Ryder Cup team. He wants to make the playoffs. He wants to win the tournament. He, he's competing till the very end. But not only did he only hit five fairways, that to me isn't un uncommon for JT even at his best. But it's it's eight greens, right? That's the real penalty that this leads to. And so... I mean, he ends up leading the field this week in, in strokes gain around the green, but uh, loses strokes approaching the green, gains less than a stroke off the tee. And this is just a big departure uh, from from the Justin Thomas brand of golf that we know and love. Uh, and, and that's where there's been a, kind of a outcry that, hey, this is what we needed to put JT on the team, even though he came up short, I I don't think that's the case at all. I think Patrick is right. This this showed what JT has done all year. Um, and and you need more in the TD Green department on this Ryder Cup team, in my opinion. Par on 18, no good. Uh, Justin Thomas finishes 71st in the FedEx Cup standings. That is one spot and eight FedEx Cup points out of the playoffs. Ben Griffin earns the last spot. The first two men out, Justin Thomas and Adam Scott. A couple of big names. Patrick, there you go. If you're watching on YouTube, you are seeing the uh, final bubble right there. All right, Patrick, on a S American schooling grading scale, A, B, C, D, F, uh, how would you grade Justin Thomas' season? F. Yeah. I was going to say D minus, just to be nice. And and look, I I'd love to give a shout out to lawyer uh, loyal listener Richard Hunt. Patrick called it 
months ago, JT is doing, quote, too much. Oh, so you're calling out a guy who's calling you out as correct. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate that. And <laughs> Thank look, you, Richard. <laughs> I, I, I hate to, you know, blame or, uh, you know, do this. I'm not right very often, so we have to celebrate these little victories. But when you're someone like Justin Thomas, you're coming off – a season in 2022 where your lone win was a seven stroke come from behind PJ. I know it's a PJ championship uh, victory. And then you think about the year before was only the players championship. It's, it's really for me, just the decline in the iron play and getting himself into the mix at all. He didn't contend in one tournament this year. That's that's the problem. Not one. It has been since the Canadian Open two years when Rory McIlroy beat him and Tony Finau. That's the last time he was in the mix on a back nine on Sunday. That yeah. is wild. That that's, is 14 months ago. That's the problem. These guys, they get themselves, they just get themselves in the mix and they figure it out because they're good enough to figure it out. JT never contended. No. So when you don't have a single chance to raise a trophy. I have to give you enough. Is this, is this the playoff system we want, Greg? Just uh, Adam Scott, Justin Thomas out, Ben Griffin and JJ spawn in. Well, um, I'll put it this way as a fan and a viewer. Uh, it makes the Wyndham championship a whole lot better, right? Your, your quality of players, um, the, the people who are on and around the bubble are, much more interesting to watch than it is at 125 in a typical year. Um, so that adds some value. It adds some importance to the Wyndham, which I like. Uh, I like the aspect that it's a challenge to get into the playoffs. Uh, I think that is, I, I don't think it's a problem that some really good players don't get into the playoffs. Um, now, does that mean they should lose their card? No. So I, I also like how they have an opportunity in the fall to, you know, get their starts uh, uh, the next year. And we know Justin Thomas with in all likelihood with his world golf ranking, will still probably get into all the designated events. And even if the world ranking slips and, and falls outside the top 30, um, I, I would imagine he'll have some sponsors exemptions coming his way. Uh, but that being said, I can also see the side if you're a player uh, where that's a little bit frustrating. You know, it, like he, Adam Scott did not have a bad year. He had a pretty good year. He he didn't play enough. Uh, and yep. it, Shane Lowry also missed the playoffs. Very consistent, very steady. Uh, had a number of great performances. I mean, there, there were countless times I looked at Shane Lowry and said, yeah, he's a great play this week. Uh, but it's those T12 to T20 finishes that have piled up that don't get the job done anymore. So I, I think it, I, I think it um, adds an element of intensity, and I think it's good. I can also see why pl the players wouldn't like it, but I think it it enhances the uh, the viewing experience for fans. Yeah, this is this is like you know a diner on Sunday morning. You got to keep you got to keep the the turnover rate. You got to get the butts out of the seats. You got to get some new people in there. I, I could not care less about this. Turn them over. Let's go. Play, there's this simple term for this, right? That's right. If you're going to complain, we'll play better. Play better.
That's all you have to do. The fact that Justin Thomas had like the absolute worst season in the history of his golf and finished like one shot out of the playoffs, he should have just played better. That like it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fine. Um, okay, what we're going to do? Uh, how do I want to do this, Josh? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll on. We'll hit the break in a little bit. Let's let's turn our attention to the conclusion of this golf tournament, which Patrick has to be separated into two segments before the rain delay and after the rain delay, which could also be considered before Mark Immelman got involved and after Mark Immelman got involved mm, 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 because the mm. fix was in. Oh my God. His fingerprints are all over this tournament. I saw him on the 18th green handing the trophy to Lucas Glover. He, he was kissing it before Lucas was kissing it. <laughs> we'll get to Mark. We'll get to Mark. How about we'll start with Russell Henley, who was rolling right along. Birdies on 8, 10, 11. Hits his drive on 15, the gettable par 5, and the horn blows, Patrick. The horn blows. Okay, so now we've got a weather delay. I don't know how long it lasted, 90 minutes or something like that. But the problem is, as Russell Henley, our one-and-done selection, the guy that will get us to Mark is walking off, heading back to shelter. What happened? Let's see it. Do we have this, Josh? This. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Immelman with that smug, <laughs> smug grin on his face walking over to shake Russell's hands. Look at this. <laughs> the absolute kiss of death. That is a knowing smile. That man knows what he is about to do. And what does Russell Henley do after he comes back? Birdies or bogey 16, 17, 18. It's over. Not, not even bogeys, but the manner in which those occurred where – a massive divot just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. I haven't seen anyone down there all week on the 16th. <laughs> and then once you get Russell Den uh, Henley down there, the cameraman is like right, right behind him. Yes. Like breathing on him. Russell can well, hear him breathing. Before, even before that. So here's what happened. Here's what happens. Mark kiss of death. Then they have him on an interview and they run the highlight. Oh. Amanda Amanda Retta runs the highlights of him choking this tournament away two years ago. Hey, Russell. Hey, Russell. Remember that time you choked it away? Then they come back. That He's in the absolute crater on 16. The cameraman's trying to screw him up with the, with the camera. He gets to 17, doesn't get any relief from these suspension things, hits a shot that is like 100% embedded, doesn't get relief from that. Worst lie on the <laughs> golf course. The whole thing is a fix. The fix is absolutely in. Lucas Glover hits a shot off the planet on 18. It hits a cop's golf cart and bounces back to the fence. Airway sits up for him. I I honestly I forgot about <laughs> I can't get over this. <laughs> Change the logo to this. I so much happened to Russell Henley in the last hour of this tournament that I legitimately forgot that we brought him onto the broadcast and interviewed him about his 2021 Wyndham Championship when he legitimately could not make a two-foot putt on the back nine on Sunday. 
probably something that he's been trying to erase from his memory. We showed it to him on the 15th <laughs> hole on Sunday. They rolled the highlights, lowlights. They, they rolled the lowlights of that, which is, look, I, I, those are our guys, right? We, we're, we're in the foxhole with those guys. We love the broadcast crew, obviously. But I think Mark may have slipped someone a 20, maybe a Benji. I don't know what was going on where it clearly had an adverse effect on Russell Henley coupled with all the bad breaks. You can't help. He's a human being. You can't help but think, oh, my God, this is happening again. This is happening again to me at this tournament where I'm always inside the top 10. So on a serious note, it is very, it's very disappointing for Russell Henley. He played unbelievable golf all year. It looks like when he rattled off birdies on 10 and 11, that this was finally going to be the time for him. And he hits that shot into 15 out of the break. So, you know, he did have a good moment out of the break. A laser to 15 feet kind of just misses the equal putt on the right edge. He plays his last three and even par. He's your Wyndham championship winner. Oh. I, I know, you know, even one over, he plays him in one over. He's your Wyndham championship winner. He stood on the 17th tee, tied for the lead at 20 under, and he missed that fairway. You cannot miss that fairway. It's a wedge opportunity in hand. He could have attacked that pin potentially, and he missed it so far right that he was legitimately in a power line. <laughs> and there was nowhere for him to go to get relief. The The second shot was probably three feet in, in more height away from being really, really good. But that bank just ate it up, and from there, the, the rest was just really unfortunate. So, yeah. really it- close call for Russell. Um, I agree with you, Rick. It doesn't pass the sniff test. It doesn't. There were extracurriculars in play here, people on the ground. It's tough to take this one when we have photo evidence of some potential collusion. <laughs> um, and those, so, are not de- those are not deep fakes. That's not AI. That is the real deal. So, But from Russell's point of view, this kind of just continued. I was talking to a few caddies today when I was playing. I, I took caddies out. Um, who have played with Russell because he's from Charleston. And they're saying, we're all just talking about how he's like real, one of the more like underappreciated guys on tour. Like how good he is that. Over the last six months, he's 13th in total strokes gained. Yeah. Like he has been so good this year. You think about him, he content, he got top five at the Masters, wildly consistent. Um, and for him, it would have been really cool for him to pick up his first, uh, multiple win season and be talked about with, you know, someone like a John Rahm or a Rory McIlroy. Cause he he's been a, he's been a great player this year. Yeah, it is. It is crappy, Greg, when this is a, a tournament that's, you know, kind of had some demons for him and he gets, we've seen this before the weather break just kind of takes you out of a lot of the rhythm. And then you could see how quickly this world spinning for you. I mean, the guy hadn't missed what a green all day misses his last three. Right. He's just constantly playing from behind the fair. He can't find a fairway anymore. It's just like he's out of whack and he can't get it back in the final 35 minutes. It's like, you know, um, you think of the perfect strategy in golf and Russell employed it today, deployed it today, whatever the proper term is. Uh, you know, he's hitting, 
to the proper side of every hole. He's giving himself opportunities. He's staying patient. And then sometimes when you have that patient kind of conservative style, if you will, it goes the other way before it goes the right way. But in this case, with the birdies at 8, 10, and 11, things started going his way. Like He started getting numbers that he liked. He started hitting it close, uh, finishing off the birdies. And things are looking really smooth. It's a perfectly orchestrated round. And, and then there's a rain delay and there's a bad break. And I mean, 16, that happens to so many guys where you roll it off that false front. And that's really disappointing. And then to end up in a divot is one thing, but that was a like a hole. You could see when it goes into the divot, it rattles around in there. Like it's it's bouncing around, and that's the most difficult lie that you can. I mean, it's impossible, right? You have solid tur- turf that's solid enough for a ball to bounce off of it, uh, surrounding your golf ball. There's no there's no proper play. You know, you're in r- real trouble. And then I, I think that really got on his head for the got in his head for the tee shot on seventeen. Because that's where this tournament's lost with the the tee shot at seventeen. It's just amazing to me how one one swing can derail a performance like that for sixty nine holes. I mean, this is what we talk. I mean, there's so much luck involved in winning, and so many things have to go right. It's so hard to win out here, and just kind of got away from him. Um, the chat's pointing out they. I think they might have saw Mark out there with a shovel on sixteen, creating that hole i will have to try to confirm that at some point so we'll see if it was truly his hand uh the good news for russell henley is he'll be 20th going into the fedex cup playoffs he's had a great year he's going to be rewarded for that he's gonna have a really good chance to make it to east lake and he will be rocking and rolling next week the big beneficiary of uh that three bogey stretch was russell uh, excuse me lucas glover patrick and i'll tell you what this this is unbelievable. This guy has done literally nothing all year long until Detroit. And then since Detroit, his last five tournaments, fourth, sixth, fifth, missed the cut to 3M, win. And he's in. Now he's in the playoffs. He's making a run. He gets his first win since the 20, what, 2021. John Deere, his just his third win in 12 years. Lucas Glover back in the winner's circle. It, it's it's pretty incredible that he, he put that putter, the broomstick in the bag, uh, the week of Jack's tournament there in Ohio. And ever since, he, he's kind of just rattled off top six finishes, top 20 there in Canada, really kickstarted his year. But like you said, Rick, we talked about this a uh, couple days ago. I, I was shocked Lucas Glover was outside the top 110 coming into this week just because of how good he was. I I really wasn't paying attention to him too much earlier in the year because there's nothing to pay attention to. And he kind of just shows you what one good week, one really good week, one great month really can do for a season where he's ranked inside the top 50 heading into the postseason. He's on the inside track to qualify for the BMW championship. That comes with a lot of stuff this year with the designate or signature events now. Um, and it's, it's amazing. I mean, he's always been a guy known 
as a tremendous ball striker. I mean, he, he just hits everything on a line like week in and week out. And I thought there were some nerves early. You saw both him and Horschel bogey, the opening hole looked really shaky. And then he comes back on the fourth and nearly makes an Eagle from the fairway tap and birdie that settles you down really quick. And from there, it was just a lot of steady, you know, really sensible golf where, yeah, I, I think 15, the approach was a little nervy as well. And then he makes par that, you know, it, I don't think it was that close to the water really. Uh, makes par there, makes par on the par three. And then you have Russell Henley implode and you're a winner again. So it, it was a lot of sensible, smart golf combined with some timely putts. Yeah, let me let me read you off some stats for this week for Lucas Glover here, Greg. Uh, first in fairways. First in greens and regulation. He had 65 greens. Remember that time you said Corey Connors was going to hit 66 greens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he missed like nine the first day and he was done. <laughs> right away. I, I feel like that was the uh, – uh, never mind. I, I I don't remember where. I don't – you meant it. You meant, you meant five greens. Yeah. So first, first in fairways, first in greens, sixth in strokes gained off the tee, first in strokes gained approach, 15th in putting, which includes him gaining strokes putting every single round, which I saw a tweet from Will Haskett said he hasn't done that since mm, it's been a long time, gaining strokes in all four rounds uh, with the flat stick. So it was a well-rounded, phenomenal week for Lucas Glover. The ball striking is the separator for him, like Patrick mentioned, and it was this week as well. I mean, I mentioned 65 greens already, but the fewest number of greens he hit in any round this week was 16. It's 16, six, 16 of 18, 16 of 18, 17 of 18, 16 of 18. And that includes an intentional layup on the final That's hole. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, this is in 66, the magic number. Yeah, that's right. This was an absolute stripe show, uh, which was so impressive to watch. But the, the big difference maker is what happens on the greens. Cause you look at what he does today and he doesn't really make a whole lot of putts. There's not, but they all look like good putts. And then on the second ones, that are for normal PGA tour players, given tap-ins, those get a little squeaky for him. They have been a real problem through his career. And I think that that plays a role in what you do T to green as well. You know, Patrick mentioned sensible golf and, and a big part of this, something that I always talk about when tiger plays at Augusta national uh, without playing a lot of golf anywhere else. In order for a sensible, uh, smart strategy to work, you have to be able to finish it off on and around the greens. And for Lucas, that bug, that thing, that problem is inside of five feet. And he looked so confident and so calm. It looked like a normal tour player where they they're tappings like they should be. And then you get down to after the rain delay, uh, and you look at the the putt he makes on sixteen, the second putt which on the, on the box score is no big deal. It's a six-foot putt that he makes, but it's straight downhill. Uh, it's a nervy time. You, you've seen 
a mistake made at this very same hole right in front of you by Russell Henley. Uh, it, you actually keep your ball on the green and you got this six footer down the hill and a bogey would really hurt right there. And he pours it right in the middle. I know he had two putts on 18 to deal with, but the, the stroke was beautiful. It was so calm. And, and that's what the thing I noticed. There's a real difference when you watch him putt, he's hitting good quality putts. Uh, and it, and it makes that strategy. It makes the strategy that he played this week really work. Well, let me ask you something here, Patrick, because I, I rattled off the, the recent finishes and I'm going to read them again. Fourth, sixth, fifth, missed cut win. That's the last five that you can put that up against anybody's last five. Last year at TPC Southwind T3. How dangerous is Lucas Glover in this playoff run? Ooh, do we think it's going to be an Adam Scott-esque from last year? Remember, I'm asking, he... I'm asking you. He jumped in each time. I mean, it really does... Uh, it does come down to that putter, to that broomstick, if he can keep it going, which, I mean, with it in his hand, he, he called it his secret weapon. It's not so secret anymore where... Tita Green, you listed off all the stats, first in fairways, first in greens. That That's not really going to differ week to week too much for Lucas Glover, for the most part. He'll have some off weeks every now and again. But Tita Green, ball striking-wise, he's always going to be near the top. And you bring in this broomstick, and, yeah, I don't, I don't see why he can't. The only problem is the competition is going to be – a lot better in the FedEx Cup playoffs. You know, he's playing Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Roy McIlroy instead of Billy Horschel and Russell Henley. So that that's really <clears throat> the only thing going against him. Any final thoughts, Greg, on Lucas Glover? Uh, I wish I played him in one and done this week instead of last week. Man, yeah. Do you think they sell? So, like, obviously it's one thing when somebody uses – so that long putter, now Adam Scott, Lucas Glover, uh, Benny on. Yeah. The jailbird, when that got hot, they sold out a billion of those. But the long one, do they sell any of these? Or like that's that, us recreational. That, that, that would be a hard thing to show up to the golf course with. It's a, it is um, a very different style, which is why it works for a lot of guys who struggle on the greens. It, the the stroke is completely different yeah um and it's just a different methodology when you get to the arm lock um or or a counterbalance that's the same thing with a little bit of help but this is a a real departure so i mean if you've been following what happens on pga tour champions and bernard langer and all of his success you would already have a long putter um, but so I, yeah, it just, it, it's a little bit too different for people. So I don't think it garners the attention. I think you need like a, like you need like a coach to, to tell you how to use it too. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. It's effective. All right. Well, we have to recap our best bets. We have to recap our one and done. And also a very magical number was shot in the world of golf today. We are going to talk about all of that, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. 
Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. And we're back. The magic number was shot today in golf and actually one better, not a 59, but a 58 Patrick by one Bryson DeChambeau in the final round of live golf Greenbrier, a 12 under 58 that featured a bogey on the par three eighth and rolling in a long putt on his final hole of the day to capture his first live victory. And what was one of the better celebrations I have ever seen on the golf course. He got up. I did not expect Bryson to have bunnies, but he kind of does. Um, yeah. And I think this is just the culmination of a lot of hard work for him, kind of reinventing himself again. He, I mean, he, he really – went through it in 2022. He, he looked really bad. Um, yeah, there are some nice finishes here and there, but the game was not where it needed to be. And this year, losing weight, getting a lot healthier. We, we saw it really start to pay dividends around uh, the PGA Championship when he held the first-round lead there. He ended up cashing a top five. He was on the edge of uh, contention at the U.S. Open as well. And just really started to continue to play well, you know, well-rounded golf. And for him to shoot 58 is no, I, I don't care what golf tour you're on, really what, what golf course for the most part you're on. Uh, it is flat out impressive. Oh my God, David Pugh. That, that's sad. I didn't know that was him in there. The first time I saw this photo. Um, and it, it's, it's just awesome. I've, I've always said the game of golf is better when Bryson DeChambeau is playing on on your screen. When you can, when Bryson DeChambeau is relevant in the game, it's just so much more fun. No matter what this guy does, it could be stupid, it could be funny, it could be amazing. Like today in this fifty-eight, he's just such a great personality and someone who's so uh, intriguing to follow. You don't really know what he's going to do next. You don't know what he's going to say next either. Uh, where it's a ton of fun to follow him, and he, he's a blast to 
to watch him play too. He put that new driver in the bag. That's like, yeah, I'm not too sure what those specs are or whatever, but he pretty much said I can hit it anywhere on the face and it's fine, which I don't know, but <laughs> that that's that sounds. I need that in my bag if that's the case. Um, but it, it's great, and um, you know, good for Bryson, good for him to to pick up this win. Yeah. So Greenbrier becomes the first golf course to ever surrender three sub sixty rounds. Greg, do you want to name the other two? Kevin Chapel, correct, and Stuart Appleby, correct. Oh, yes. Well gee. done. Um, that driver that he has put in play, Greg, is from Crank, which is a company most have never heard of, but they specialize in long drive uh, right. equipment. And from what I understand, and a lot of this is over my head, is that for the last couple of years, especially as Bryson has gotten bigger, stronger, faster, the speeds, the ball speeds that he puts out there, like it changes everything about the clubs, right? When they're coming off at that, at that speed and it changes the loft and it changes the way everything works together. So he is trying to find something that will play better at higher speeds and through the two or three rounds that he's used it, it looks pretty good. Yes. Um, this has been a big problem for him. Uh, I, I haven't heard anybody talk about their equipment in a negative light as much as Bryson has during this experiment. It's like he needed his equipment to match what he was doing, which is, you know, a a departure, quite frankly, for, I mean, there's club fitting and there's more and more of that going on now, but typically it's okay. um, If I hit it on the toe, it's going to hook. So I need to not hit it on the toe. If I don't want to hit a hook, Uh, you know, like, the traditional way to look at the game is it's the Indian, not the arrow. Uh, and, and Bryson has been very vocal about the fact that it's the arrow, not the Indian, <laughs> even though what, the funny thing too, is at the same time, it's a, look, if I hit it on the toe, it's not performing the way it would if I hit it in the middle. It's like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, well, that, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the game, <laughs> but it seems like he's found one that's uh, automatic. So um, good for Bryson. It's an incredible round, uh, an incredible weekend of golf for him. Um, I, again, I, I'm still not sure what it means other than he played a great round of golf and won a live event. It's still a hard thing. I saw your tweet, Rick, and, and you're right. You can't take away a, a 58 yeah. uh, in competition. I still find it hard to contextualize. Um, yeah. Not so the score. Team- but the the win. So my tweet got me a lot of live boy followers, which I don't I don't think they know what they're Congrats. what they're getting themselves into. But my my point being that the one thing that we've talked about with live and, and Greg, you're right. Everything's hard to contextualize. You know, winning a live event is worth what? Is it super impressive? Is it not? How many of these guys are good? It's only three rounds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's very hard to put into context. In other tours, not just the PGA tour, but the global tours as well. You know, when someone wins the BMW PGA championship at Wentworth, it's like, okay, I, I know that I know the guys who have won here before. I know the types of, even the Wells Fargo, the Wells Fargo has had a history of like having really 
good winners that end up being kind of legit guys. So like, there's this built-in context. Golf, or uh, Liv, excuse me, doesn't have that context. They, It is easy, though, for the context of the guys went to Liv Briar. Of course, we've seen plenty. And one of their players, who happens to be, I think, like their biggest character, um, shot one of the best rounds in professional history. That That alone, to me, is like easy to put into perspective. I agree with you on the second part, Greg, which is like, am I impressed that that uh, Bryson beat out Mito Pereira and Richard Bland in three rounds at Live Golf Greenbrier? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that'll age really well. I'm not sure. But this round from Bryson, like, phenomenal. It's it's phenomenal. There were, what, four pars on, on that scorecard? Uh, uh, it, it's, it's a phenomenal round of golf. There's no question about it. Um, again, I do think the context still comes into play. Now, here's the thing. We, what we've learned about live golf so far is that the guys who play there, care, they, they still care. I mean, maybe not all of them, but some of them do. It's clear that Bryson does clear that, uh, that Brooks Kepka has put, put in a whole lot of work on his game and on his craft. So they definitely are, uh, working hard for it. Um, but what, you know, what is it and what does it mean? And is it different playing uh, in a three round tournament than a four round tournament? I, I think we know that answer is yes. Is it different playing with a team component? Uh, I think we know the answer is yes. Good or bad, take your pick. Um, but but these differences make it hard to contextualize and make it hard to rank these things. And there's just something missing from it again what does this connect to like, like there's this to me for bryson is a great round of golf and a great tournament but are we looking forward to the live golf championships the the final at uh at doral is it the masters next year i mean people are saying Ryder cup does this get, I mean, can you really take this and say that he deserves to be on the Ryder cup team? Cause he shot a, cause he shot a 58. I, I don't think so in any way. And I, if JT shot 58 today, I don't think it would be enough to put him on the team. It would just keep him in the conversation, right? Cause he'd be in, he'd be in the playoffs. So I look, I, I just think it's hard to figure out how, what it all connects to and, what it all leads to and why it's worth watching. Uh, the one I, I miss Bryson's the guy I miss the most Patrick because Bryson's my kind of guy where it's like, I, you know, Bryson's kind of a weird guy. And I think he's got like, he says some things socially that I think are pretty stupid, but I love that. He's always trying to innovate, right? He wanted to do the side saddle putting. He try, he does the single, the single length irons. Uh, you know, he's, he, he bulks up the compass. He the then shrinks back down. He's going to go with a crank drive. Like he's never been afraid to innovate, which I actually think is generally, um, not happening in golf as fast as it is in other sports. Like we literally saw the NBA, radically change from in like two years from like the number of three point shots they take and like strategy rapidly changed. When, when Jaleel Okafor was drafted top three, he was irrelevant two years later. That, that is like so bizarre in sports. So I like what Bryson does. 
I, I he's the guy I miss the most, and I and I hate to see him shooting fifty eights on other tours. I wish he would have done it here. It, it, he's the most interesting character there. I, I mean, I'd throw Patrick Reed in that conversation as well. I love Patrick Reed. I just love he's a guy who mixes it up. He's not afraid to mix it up. Um, but two things about Bryson: when you guys said crank, I thought it was like a bad energy drink or one of those oh. like test testosterone pills at Seven Eleven. Nope, you get at the counter. Um, and two, well, it might be, but but yeah, there might be a second one. He was only four strokes shy of shooting 54, yes. which Yasser said came with a $54 million bonus. Right, which when so, that first came out, I was like, well, obviously no one's going to sniff that. Four four shots away, and he made a bogey. Made a bogey? Yeah, I mean, you could you could, you could find four strokes somehow <laughs> in that 58. The, the bogey for sure. Um, but I, I totally agree with you, Re Bryson, and just how interesting and how he has been able to put his pride aside and try new things. Uh, we talked about how, oh, do you think Justin Thomas would ever put this broomstick in or is he too prideful or some of these top players who are struggling like putting? Do you think Scotty Scheffler would ever even consider something like that um, if they're too prideful? There, there's really not a lot of that with Bryson when it comes to his golf game and trying new things. He's not afraid if something doesn't work. He'll just, you know, tick the box. He's on to the next thing that he thinks can make him uh, better, which is very admirable. And I think he takes pride in trying new things. I agree. Yeah. And I I think for the Ryder Cup conversation, it you you probably don't want to admit it, but it's a boys' club. And Bryson for as zany as he is for as well as him, him and Scotty got on at whistling straights. He's not in the boys club. Jordan Spieth isn't going to go to Zach Johnson and Jordan Spieth's going to be on the team. He's the most, you know, seasoned veteran that we have. He's not going to go over to Zach Johnson and, <clears throat> and be like, I need Bryson on this team. It's, the possibility of that's very low. I agree with you. I don't think Bryson will be on the Ryder Cup team. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he deserves to, but I, I just don't think he's going to be on it. They're kind of two different questions. Um, all right, let's recap our best bets. We'll do our one and dones, and we will get out of here. Uh, how about this, Josh? How about we take the break uh, right now? And we're back. The bets, the bets, the bets. Let's see them. There is unfortunately a lot of red on this Ugh. sheet. Uh, oh, we did boy. not have Lucas Glover as a winner. Uh, I had him as a top 20, which was plus 260. We got let down by Aaron Rye. We got let down by... How about Denny McCarthy? Well, that was a pretty pretty weak effort, Greg, from Denny this week. He never even sniffed it, did he? No. I, I, never, I didn't even see him hit a shot. Uh, it, it was it was a definitely disappointing out of Denny. Um, disappointing out of Sung JM for me, even though it was a pretty, pretty good week. Um, the Justin saw Adam Shank one killer killer. I mean, Justin saw is right there. He shoots two under the first day and shoots three over the second day. And Adam Shank finishes like last. I mean, I think he would, he shot 500 to make the cut on the number and finishes last in the field or near it. And it just, it, it irritates me because it was the right play. 
Harris didn't get it. Uh, just a <laughs> just a bad week. You know, what I find I find the Sung Jm performance incredibly annoying, right? Because he was one of the favorites. He shoots four rounds in the sixties. He finished T fourteen. He was thirteenth off the tee, seventh around the green, twenty seventh in putting. It was it was all good. It was all good, but none of it was great. He never contended. He's going to get a nice little finish that when I look at his when I look at his player profile next week, it's going to say T fourteen at the window. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. But like it not that it's just like he finished like ten spots below where he should have. It's very good, but it's annoying. I hate I hate that. Yes. Now this may be one of those situations like. Lucas Glover last week, he's all over my card. I play him in one and done. He misses the cut by one, comes back the next week and wins. And of course, I don't have the courage or the ability in the case of one and done to go back to him. Is Sungjae on a similar path? Because he could go get right back to it uh, in Memphis and have a much less annoying finish. Or... He could have an even more annoying finish if I decide to leave him off just because of what he did this week because of the personal connection. I think that's a really important bias to break. The best bets. Uh, I had Doug Gim top 40. He had the worst putting round of his career and finished T51. Greg had Justin Suh, who missed the cut. That was top 40. And Patrick, we already talked about this earlier in the week. Your positivity parlay was bounced by Justin. So uh, you got four out of the five guys through for a 10 to one parlay. Oh, <laughs> Greg. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I have, I have nothing, I, no energy left to expend on this. We're on, to, we're on to Cincinnati. This I have a point one. I have turned a $1 profit on $1,550 worth of wages. That is That's like worse than a savings account. <laughs> this is hilarious. That is significantly worse than a savings. I'd, I'd rather be down $458 so than up $1. Trust me. So would I, I would rather so. be, that is unbelievable. What do we have the other slide? Where's the other slide, Josh? Is that one updated? Down four. Oh, there we go. I knew I was. Oh my god, that is not right. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. I'm down. I'm down a grand. Good thing it's under a comma. Good thing in total. In total, I'm down fourteen hundred bucks this year, which is honestly probably in line with my betting. It's only Josh's money. Don't worry about it. Uh, one and done, which as we have chatted about, uh, just an absolute fraud performance by Mark Immelman. Uh, Kyle had Sam Burns this week. He started in, did he start last or Patrick? Were you below? Him? No, I, I, I was, I was not in last. Kyle okay. was Kyle was in last. He got $123,000 from Sam Burns. Sam Burns, I think is going to win next week. So don't let me forget. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing. All right. Uh, Patrick, you and I, Russell Henley, what did he end up getting? 676,000. I do pass the crooked fans. Don't I, Josh? Is this, that graphic's not right. Is it? No, we have an updated graphic. I have now passed the fans. I'm at 14.9. The fans are at 14.7. And Patrick has, uh, put some space between him and Kyle and he's bearing down on Greg. Greg, you had Sung J M. That T14 was worth 123,500. Yeah. 
I don't know if I have much more to, to say. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Fine. Doesn't, not fine. it's not fine. Yeah. I need a W. You know what they say? Um, in the dating world, I think a lot of ladies say this, you know, oh, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Nice does not mm. suffice. And mm-hmm. fine does not suffice in one and done. No, no, it does not. That's why I'm sitting here in the position that I'm sitting in because it's been fine far too often. Yeah, like, like I'd rather be described like Justin Thomas than Ben Griffin. Even yeah. though he's in the playoffs, you know, he's nice. Yeah. Ben Griffin's fine. He's a, he's nice a good, play. he's a nice player. Yeah. He's got a good job. He's a loan officer. <laughs> Brings bagels in Monday. Nice and stable. Guy. Nice guy. <laughs> yeah, not this guy who might go out and lose money seven out of nine weeks, but then go. Yeah, yeah. who knows? Sia had Steven Yeager got that magic number, 123,500. A lot of guys tied there. The fans, Mark Immelman and Kyle M, all had JT Poston for their effort, 223,000. So uh, Patrick and I did make up 450K on those guys. Uh, so as of right now, Mark, which we should just, Josh, add a second asterisk to that, to that we're going double asterisks, but there's a lot he has to answer, uh, answer for. Okay. So we're going to add a second asterisk to Mark's name. Um, he's at 16.8 million. Kyle M is at 15.6. I'm at 14.9. The fans are at 14.7. Sia 12.5. Greg at 11.4. Patrick 10. Kyle 9.4 and now we enter the uh the 15 million dollar run gentlemen. So our playoff events 3.6 to the winner. That, that is correct. And okay. the tour championship is 7.2. Okay. So uh, uh, my team I know we are currently benching the starters and letting the young guys get some minutes here but the the young guys the, the youths have kind of Giving us a little energy here past the 10 million mark. I never thought this would happen uh, in my lifetime, at least. So we got three tournaments left. We got young guys who are hungry, ready to play. And look, we, we rattle off two wins back to back. We will be beating Mark come the tour championship. So we need someone, Greg, we need here's here's what would be splendid. Uh, and actually I'd be fine with it if it's Kyle M because I think the rest of us have used Rory. So what could happen? Oh, you have not. Okay. So what could happen here is if someone who has not used Rory yet passes Mark, Mark will have to go this year without using Rory after like signing him up for Eastlake from the very beginning. Yeah. Yep. Now I did the same thing. Uh, and it's nice to have a couple people in the boat with that ability. And I'm glad there's somebody closer to Mark than me who has the ability to do this. Cause if I'm, you know, 7 million behind Mark, then I'm just going to play Rory. Now I'm playing for seeding. Right. Yes, for sure. You, you And if you, I'm right behind Mark, then I obviously can't. This is what happened last year, I think, or maybe the year before. The year you won, Rick, you had the you had the guy that I had and, and couldn't play. Right. right. You, so you box out. So it makes it really interesting. 
Um, but the key is these first two getting back-to-back Ws. These first, we've these are. I mean, we've never had it right where the prize purses have been this big. The Huge. final two weeks before the tour championship. Huge. So this could be a big shakeup, but we got to hit winners because yeah. if, if if there's no winners, and Mark can't have the winner, uh, <laughs> if you don't have the winners, you're not going to have the shakeups. You're going to have everybody in it with a T, a guy at T seven or something. Yeah, doesn't matter. Okay, we've done it. We have now entered the playoffs of the PGA Tour, which is fun. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here, gents? Can't believe it's here already. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for FedEx St. Jude Championship. Quickly, the past names of this event have been FedEx St. Jude Classic. Yep. The WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Yep. What was the one when Robert Garrigus had Swamp Pass? What, what was that one called? You know what I'm talking about? Unfortunately, I do. When uh, he was like left on the island on 18, had to chip out back into the fairway. How, how long ago was that Saint, one? I don't know. So it was St. Jude Classic, just St. Jude Classic. Stanford St. Jude Championship. Federal Express St. Jude Classic, St. Jude Memphis Classic, the Danny Tom's Thomas Memphis Classic, the Memphis Open Invitational, the Memphis Open. I think that's all of them. Wow. It was, it was 2010. A lot of renditions. And then we said we said WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, we'll be back for all of those big thanks producer josh does all the hard work behind the scenes patrick mcdonald can be found on twitter at amateur status greg ducharme can be found at the real gfd and you can find me at rick run good this has been the first cut we'll catch you next time